Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Before we get you off to the Browns and the Giants and the, well, the least important preseason game I think we got. In preseason game, uh, numero dos, number two. Uh, and I hate to put it that way because I know some of you guys are getting really excited right now. But preseason game number one, we had some question marks in the air. Preseason game number three, we have it hanging in the balance, whether or not Baker and some of the starters will play at all. Whereas preseason game number two, not only do we have a just a laundry list of injured guys, but we also have the reality that the, re- the majority of the starters will not be playing in this game. But to get more, we go out to Daryl Ryder, our Browns beat reporter, and his reports are powered by Scheiben Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Daryl, how are we doing today? Uh, doing well. That's good. I, uh, unlike uh, the Browns starters, uh, I actually have to work today. <laughs> you don't get to uh, uh, hang out and have yeah. the hardest decision you make not, be what type of Gatorade flavor you want? I'm not getting the Baker Mayfield treatment today. so <laughs> It'd be nice to be a spectator on this one, wouldn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I am, but, uh, you know, I have to document it. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, they uh, got, got a little work in. Uh, saw Baker down there thrown with a couple of the guys uh, earlier. Um, but... Yeah, hopefully they get – the more you look around the league now, you're seeing guys uh, playing a little bit. And so I, I kind of hope, to be honest with you, that we see these guys get a couple of series next week in Atlanta. I'm not confident that that's actually going to happen. It certainly doesn't sound like that's going to happen, but uh, I'm, I, I'm becoming more and more team get these guys on the field for a few series to work on some some stuff um but uh yeah you know kevin no, i am too yeah i mean you know kevin stefanski's got got his plan laid out and uh, to his credit he's also sticking with that plan and he's not wavering from it but yeah i i do think that uh having these guys uh play so, uh, some preseason snaps would not be the worst thing i understand you want to protect them you don't you know i get it i understand it but Tom Brady's taking preseason snaps. Patrick Mahomes is taking preseason snaps. Ben Roethlisberger's taking. So it's 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 not um, it 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 wouldn't be outrageous uh, if that were to happen. I like that you brought up Brady there, right? Because Bruce Arians in Week One uh, rested eleven guys, and you're like, okay, right. that's fine. Like it was it was it was the lower. There was five other teams, right? And there was right. five teams in the bottom five. Bruce Arians in Tampa Bay was one of them. Uh, but uh, you know, I saw Bruce Arians quoted just a few minutes ago and he was talking about how he can't go three weeks without seeing his starters out there uh, and then taking on the Dallas Cowboys. It's not reality for him. And they're going to play at least a first half of football in week three. And, and, you know, we had Jeff Fiegels on uh, the, you know, longtime punter earlier in the show. And he was saying how he thinks week three will now become what week three 
used to be in the NFL where starters see more playing time than ever. So I don't think it's out of the uh, out of the equation that Kevin Stefanski could in you know turn around and have Baker Mayfield and some of these guys get some reps. Well, also keep in mind too that there's almost a two week layoff between exactly. that third preseason game and the Week One game in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And 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 I've mentioned this. You know, my biggest concern with this whole layout, and it's not a Brown thing; it's the NFL. I think you know I'm on record. I, I stand by what I say. I know there are those disagree with me. I thought training camp was entirely too long this year. I don't think it was necessary that you had to have rookies and and guys reporting on July 24th when turnaround your season isn't starting until September 12th. I think it's just overkill, that timeline. And so what Kevin Stefanski's tried to manage is not to overwork his guys, to keep them healthy, and this start, stop, start, stop thing that they've been doing here, I just, I don't think it's great. I, I don't. I, I I'm with you. You're, you're begging for problems. And I'm not criticizing Kevin because he's in a tough spot trying to balance this, knowing that, yeah, man, I have to have these guys on the field for seven weeks before we play a game that matters, right? Including three games that don't matter. How do I manage their time? How do I make sure that I position them not only to be ready for week one in the Kansas City Chiefs, but also make sure that they're in great shape and health as they you know, possibly can be? It's, it's not an easy task uh, that Kevin Stefanski has, but everyone in the league, is, is you know dealing with the same thing, and I do I do love that wrinkle to it though, where it does it does make coaching more important, right? If if yeah. not everyone's doing groupthink and there's no one line of thinking on it right now, right. it makes who your head coaches matter even more because yeah. these are the decisions that they get paid to make and they have to make the right ones. Uh, but I'm looking around and well, let's play this. I, they, you had a back and forth with Baker earlier uh, in the week, and I, I thought it was really fun. I want to hear your perspective on it. We'll play it for people that didn't hear it though. Go ahead, Mac. Do you think that there could be a situation? Just from a player's perspective, where joint practices could ultimately in some way replace some of the preseason work because you're actually getting work in those joint practices where preseason game you're you're stuck with the mental reps? Uh, I feel like that's a J.C. Treader question, so I'll let him know that one. Which is, like, funny and good and nice, but, like, that's a legit – I love that question because it's so true, right? Like, joint practices for half the teams in the league has replaced preseason game number two, and now, like, today the Browns-Giants – what are we doing out there? Where, well, where, what are we doing? I, I, I've been making the joke. This is the rubber match of the three-game <laughs> series. Okay? Browns took it to the Giants on Thursday. The Giants responded in kind on Friday. And so we're going to go ahead and settle this with the backups this afternoon here at First Energy Stadium. <laughs> uh, but I, I honestly think that you get more value in the joint practices than you do the preseason games. Because in the joint practices, you just say, hey, we're doing red zone here from the 17-yard line, or we're doing a two-minute drill, or we're going to do backed up at our own one-yard line. Or you, you, can, you can start and stop and, and get through specific situations, whereas preseason games, you're just going, whatever happens, happens, right? You're, just, you're dealing with whatever happens. And, and so I think there's more value 
in those joint practices. I also think that there's a revenue stream that the NFL can cultivate with joint practices. Bingo. It gives the fans a better value yes. than preseason games. Right? And that, and that was my – yes, and Daryl, you nailed it. That was my big problem, right, is Thursday, Friday was for the media and I, I believe a couple of select fans, right? And and, and I, the best I was able to do was to watch online when, like, you were posting clips or whatever or Cameron Justice or someone else, and, and you're like, why is that not broadcasted? Thursday, Friday, you could, you could put that at first energy, run those same practices, not do the song and dance that you're doing with a preseason game number two, and make make money hand over fist and it's a better yeah. practice for everybody yeah and, and so I, I and again as we know money is the driver for the national football league that's why they're they still have the preseason games and that but i think that there's a way to do this where you can generate comparable revenue uh to make it ha- i just i i really uh like the joint practice concept because again i feel like you you get more more out of it. Coaches, I think, like it, but they also don't like it because you got to make sure that your joint practices are going against people that you're not going to see in the regular season, right? Because you don't want to be tipping your hand, your competitive hand, rather, uh, to anything that you might be working on. Like for a perfect example, we saw no trickeration Thursday and Friday in Berea. We and I, will, I won't get into specifics not to violate the integrity of Kevin Stefanski's playbook, but we have seen some trickeration during training camp, okay? And, and some of it we, is a repeat of what we saw last year, but I'm just making the point that, you know, it was very vanilla what they were doing. They weren't trying to, you know, do a whole lot other than just, you know, work on fundamentals, techniques, uh, execution, getting in and out, and, and, and things like that. So, um, I, I'm a big proponent of the joint practice, and I think that there's something to be said for legitimately having those replaced preseason. Well, Greg Newsom shined in the joint practices. Uh, what are we David looking like? Joku did too. What are, well, what should we see out of uh, – is he going to play at all today, Newsom, or what are we seeing out of yeah. some of these, these rookies? They, they should still yeah. be out there, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to see the, the, the top rookies. So you're Greg Newsom, Jeremiah, Wusukoromo. You're going to see those guys – early in the game, I got to think they're at least going to play the first half, right? Because they just, they need the reps. Um, Demetric Felton is a guy to watch today. He's going to run the football. I'm more interested to see how he does in the uh, blocking aspect, blitz pickup, those type of uh, situations, because I think that's going to be important for him to demonstrate uh, today. Um, so that's why he's one of my guys to watch. We saw him catch the football last week against the Jaguars, but we got to see how he does. Uh, in the run game today uh, as far as where he's at. But, yeah, you're going to see a lot of a lot of twos, threes, and uh, I would recommend ha- having a Browns roster handy come the uh, third and fourth quarters this afternoon. I got to give you credit, by the way, Daryl, because, uh, you know, Ken's gotten a lot of credit throughout the week, but uh, you were the one that first started it. And I only know this because I was doing the night show and we played back one of your interviews and you started the momentum on the conversation about Kyle Loretta and Case Keenum. And then Ken kind of picked up the ball and ran with it the next day. And he's getting a lot of credit for starting that and sparking that conversation. But it was you that I believe really got that one going. Uh, with Kyle Loretta, have you seen enough? Is it, I mean, you really think highly of him, huh? Well, I, look, he's done a nice job. Uh, I, I, I threw that out there as a, as, as a potential was scenario. It was very interesting. Um, uh, you know, um, I, I do not believe that the Browns should trade Case Keenum. 
I want to make that perfectly clear. Uh, A, I'm not interested in helping anyone else in the National Football League right now, <laughs> number one, uh, um, uh, first and foremost. But, yeah, I, 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 I think it you could make things interesting if he continues to play the way we saw in Jacksonville. If he comes out here and he repeats that performance today uh, and he goes to Atlanta and he does the same thing, granted, it's pretty – but look, you, you've got to play with the hand that you're dealt, right? Uh, and, uh, you know, um, so, again, I don't think it's going to happen, but you never know uh, if, if you get a team that's desperate or gets an injury and they, they need a veteran quarterback to, to come in and, you know, the Browns get off, offered something that they can't refuse. Andrew Berry's not doing his job if he doesn't answer the phone and at least listen. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not ready to say that Kyle Luletta is ready to be uh, Baker Mayfield's backup because I, again, what Case Keenum brings to Baker Mayfield off the field, in my view, is especially this year and how important this year is to much more valuable than any draft pick that they could get for him. Because again, this is about trying to win a Super Bowl, not acquiring draft picks to help you. I mean, look, we're talking about the Browns draft class, right? The days of needing all eight members of the draft class to be starters are over. Okay. Yep. Demetrius Felton, he's a, uh, he's a developmental guy. Greg Newsom, Jeremiah Wusukoromona, they're probably going to start. Anthony Schwartz, third round pick. Guess what? He's going to be the sixth receiver on this team. Remember the years where yeah. the third round wide receiver selection is your number one starting receiver, right? It's just, it's, it's a completely different era and stage of growth in team building for this franchise so if anthony schwartz is the sixth receiver on this team as a third round pick this year that's fine guess what same thing the patriots do every year the saints the seahawks all these teams that went baltimore every year they're not leaning on their rookie class to carry the franchise and the browns are finally uh at that doorstep as well where they don't have to lean on an entire rookie class to carry them during a football season. Uh, Daryl, i got to ask you about two names that keep popping up in my mentions all throughout this show uh, out of that rookie class. Uh, we'll start with Richard LeCount, who has been, uh, you know, he's yeah. in the motorcycle accident, projected fourth-round pick. He was then taken right. in the fifth round. A lot of upside here. How has he looked? He, 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 he had a, from my view, I thought he had a real good couple of practices against the Giants. He is one of the players that I will be paying attention to this afternoon. Played well against Jacksonville. Really got himself on the radar. And again, uh, you know, it, it's interesting when you talk about guys competing for jobs, Jonathan. Yeah. Right? It just it always has a way of working out, right? It just it always does. And right now they're a little short. Uh, it's a safety position. So um, it, it could be a situation where he ends up getting opportunity out of necessity. But he has acquitted himself very, very well in the opportunities he's been given on the field. All right, other guy. I just got to put a wellness check out for him. Tommy Togiai. Where's yeah. he been hiding? The Buckeye. Yeah. That's right. Know, um, again, uh, didn't, didn't flash as much as some other guys uh, against Jacksonville, but I thought he was solid. Um, and, uh, again, when you look at that defensive tackle rotation that they're looking to have, I think there's opportunity for him to be a contributor. But going back to what I had just said, the rookie class is not having to carry the day for the Browns. So a guy like a Tommy Togiai 
nice upside, right? Get him some experience, develop him, bring him along so when the time comes when you do have to give him full-time snaps, he's an even better football player that, you know, that's where they're at. Uh, with him but yeah he's uh, another one of those youngsters to watch this afternoon all right Daryl what are you expecting with Ken Carmen's sideline reporting debut what do you what do you think I uh, I told him not to call the officials any names that's oh. the only advice I gave. <laughs> that's a good that's good solid advice uh my producing side of me that uh and I'm not a producer I'm an update guy uh you know I'm not a producer but I can't help with thinking like why are they not having like Ken Rosenthal and like all the top reporters on tomorrow to break down uh, line by line, how Ken's performance goes today, because I think that would be that'd be worth it. And like, let's be honest, they're having him do the sideline gig, so it's content for the morning show, right? That's clearly what's happening, right? I, listen, I I do have one concern, and it is for his safety. If they come his way, does he have the dexterity and the flexibility <laughs> and the speed oh, to get out of the way? Yes, that to me is the most important thing. Aside aside from what I mentioned earlier. Get out of the way. <laughs> all right, you heard it here first, Browns fans. You have reason to listen for all four quarters the way I have, but also you can sync it up to the TV and you can watch and find out whether or not Ken Carmen can move and do the uh, cha-cha slide to get out of the way. He, I love it. <laughs> and, and, and the way Trey... Hey, he might he might end up on the roster, right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, he does those he does those Browns live shows or whatever on YouTube, and uh, right. and, and I, I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, half these players probably are like, well, where did you play, Ken? He's, I mean, they, they probably think he was. I mean, he, he looks like he could have been an well, NFL player. Well, a couple weeks ago, Bull asked me who would I pick for a tackle for the Browns, Ken Carmen or Joe Thomas, and I was like, well, Joe Thomas, of course. Like, why? Then you and, thought about. Bull's it. like, well, you know, Ken takes up a lot of space. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but I don't know how well Ken can move. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, we'll the we'll thing. find out today, hopefully. I mean, listen, I, I take up space, uh, not a lot of it. But I, I, I got some quickness to me. I've got a hidden burst that a lot, a lot of people aren't aware of. I can move when I need to move. I've been told you got the fast twitch muscles. I've been told that. <laughs> well, thank you, Daryl. I appreciate the insight and enjoy the game, man. You got a shot on it. All right, good stuff. Daryl Ryder reports powered by Shopping Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Of course, on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.